Welcome to the Business Collective Podcast with Terry Fletcher. Weekly conversations and insights on how to go from employee to consultant in any business field where your years of expertise can be showcased. Take your career to the next level, entrepreneurship. Now here's your host, nationally recognized healthcare consultant, speaker, and author, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Collective Podcast. My name is Terry Fletcher. I hope everyone's doing well today, staying safe, practicing your social distancing, and ready to get started on Mindset Monday to decide if this is really for you. What are you looking for as far as starting your small business, being an entrepreneur, going from employee to possibly consultant to uh, someone who is a business owner? And to get you started in that mindset, I wanted to take you through some steps to starting a small business or at least heading in that direction. Now, I have a list of 10. There's more that I could cover. But at some point in the podcasts later on, I'm going to expand on some of these uh, options. But I just wanted to get you really started and give you some motivation as to how you can kind of put your mindset into uh, moving forward and hopefully realizing that whether you are 25, 35, 55, there's never a bad time to start a new business and fulfill that dream that you have. But let's make sure you are on the right track and I want you to consider some steps first before you dive head first. So first of all, there's never a better time than now. 30 years ago, business was vastly different and starting a business wasn't for everyone. But now things have really changed. The barrier to entry into the marketplace is lower than it's ever been before. You don't have to think, okay, well, first I need an office to get started. I actually did that early on in my career, uh, probably when I was about, I would say about 24, 25. And that was the first thing I did without really planning it out. And that didn't last very long. And so then again, went back as an employee and eventually came back into the marketplace as a consultant, as a, my own boss. And I'm so glad that that happened, that I had to go through the process of starting again, because you just never know where you need to start or what you need to do. But you could start your business today with nothing more than your idea and a Facebook page. When I started selling my books, I just put out feelers as in a website post and I had four sales in a week. Now that was being in the industry for over 30 years and working for myself for the last almost 25. But remember in the digital age, hard copy anything is not necessary. You've heard of eBooks, right? You've heard of e-anything, digital anything. We, it's never been a better time. Just keep that in mind as we kind of move forward into what you need to do. You don't have to be business minded. Now, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of a mindset when it comes to business. But what I mean by that is that you don't have to have an MBA. You don't have to be a certain type of person to start a business anymore. In fact, I actually see more accidental entrepreneurs than I do people who set out with the goal and intention to start a business. I was one of those people. So this is not to discount having a formal education I have a, a bachelor's degree, but it's not a prerequisite to start a new business. I do believe you need to have a skill and think about that before we go further. What skill do you have? What insight do you have that maybe is something somebody else doesn't have? Or maybe you have a new delivery of information. So for me, I'm a healthcare consultant. I started as a coder and a biller. And for those of you that don't know what that is, that's somebody who 
takes what a physician does and translates it into five digit CPT codes. And then they can now bill it to an insurance company and get paid for it. And my expertise has to be in or is in the regulation and the economics of it, which happens to be what my degree is in. So the reimbursement process and how that works. But when I was going to college and I did this after high school, I was 17 and earning my degree in nursing and economics, but being a nurse and hating the side of blood didn't work. And so I really dove into the administrative end of healthcare and the financials um, on that uh, end and the education of it. I really liked the process of healthcare from the administration end of it. I love numbers. So working at a physician practice and continuing in the education of how that system works. And since I was also well liked and I was uh, able to train employees or to explain to a physician why he or she should or shouldn't capture certain services in a certain way. That was my forte, if you will. Then one day I was called to be an authoritative source for the Journal of an American Medical Association based on a referral of my employer, one of my physicians. Then a medical association conference had a speaker go down with a heart attack, which is sad. But again, a physician friend of a general surgery practice I was working at had said, hey, they need a speaker. And I know you do a lot of training. Could you go and speak and cover at this conference? And I had no notice. And it was in Salt Lake City. I was 28 years old. I had a newborn baby, a husband, the whole bit. And but I also had about 30 hours of unused vacation time. And I tried not to do a jump up and down happy dance. When I was asked, But I thought, sure, why not? The fact that the physician even asked me, I was pretty excited. Now he gave me the impression it was going to be 30 people. <laughs> and a meeting, it was 400. And when I walked into the room, and they put a mic on me, I was never so nervous in my life. But when they laughed at my first joke, I never looked back. The Q&A ses session was really exhilarating, I have to tell you, because it just it just gave you a sense of people want to hear what you have to say. And for those of you that have ever spoken in public, it's really something to have that. And so after the session, I stayed and answered every single question. I was sitting at a table. And what was cool is there was a long line that formed after the session to come up and talk to me. The first time I was actually speaking and giving some information. And at that moment, I knew this was for me, public speaking, giving people information, helping people. After the, the session, I went home just on cloud nine. I had three phone calls for clients wanting me to educate their staff and physicians. Then a seminar company who happened to be attending this meeting asked if I've come and work for them as a contract consultant. And again, I've never looked back. That was almost 25 years ago. And so one of my best qualities, as I'm told, is relating to people at the basic level. So not trying to be someone who knows it all. But a phrase that I have that I use often is that I am someone that has a good working knowledge of what they're going through, of their business, their business needs, and their potential future needs, especially for physicians and their staff. And that's what I mean by business minded. So it's not having all the degrees after your name, even though if you saw my, my um, business card, you'd be like, wow, it's alphabet soup, but that's more credentials and information and things like that. But what business minded is to me is having that good or great working knowledge. And it's the relationship that you build with that potential client. So that is what you're looking for at this, having that business minded relationship, having that good working knowledge. 
Number three is solve a problem. So businesses exist to help people. Believe it or not, think of any business out there from a drive through restaurant to a consulting firm to a hospital um, to a, a Lego company. They're there to help people. So your business needs to solve a problem that people face. Consider what needs you could fill what problems you could solve, and why people should care about your business. This is the value you provide, and it's what you market and ultimately charge for. Think about that, especially in our current climate of this public health emergency. If you're at home working, but finding some time on your hands like never before, are you spending that time like some people are saying they're doing these, you know, TikTok dances, they're doing all these different things that are funny and entertaining kids. But what are you learning? What are you taking the time now to go back and learn something? Are you learning GoToMeeting, Zoom, Microsoft 360, those media platforms that people have been forced into now to work remotely? How valuable would you be to any business at this point if you actually had some experience on those platforms? And I'm not talking about IT experience. You don't have to have that technology savvy person. But if you studied it yourself and you knew how to get in and out of the meeting, how to facilitate the meeting, all of that, you could put that on a resume and get some experience before you did it on your own. Or you could put it on your CV, which is the counterpart of a resume for a consultant. It's basically when they say, can you send me a curriculum vitae? Tell me about yourself. So it's the same thing, but it's for somebody who's working for themselves. Number four, work with what you already have. So your business has the best chance to make money and therefore be successful and sustainable if you keep costs down. So a great way to do this is to start with what you have. You don't need that shiny new laptop right away. When you look at your resources with new eyes, you'll be amazed at how much you have that you can put to use. If you already know what you need for your business, challenge yourself to be as resourceful as possible with what you currently have. It can help you save tremendous amount of cost to start. Not everything again has to be shiny and new. So just really try to use with what you have to start. Bartering could be your best friend. For the activities that you can't and shouldn't do yourself, try to barter. You have something to offer that people need and people have something to offer that you need. So what can you trade to get services or supplies while you're getting started? Be sure to give yourself credit for the valuable talents that you have and don't be afraid to offer them in exchange for talents of others. Are you going to start a painting business? Are you going to start, you know, a... Um, maybe an online yoga business at this point. Are you somebody that knows yoga, that understands the movements, that knows what they're doing and somebody's trying to get some exercise? I mean, again, I'm, I'm pulling from the climate we're in right now. So try to um, be that person that has something that you can barter with somebody else to do that. And then get creative. So creativity allows you to bypass many startup costs. So who do you know that can help you? Which connections might be able to assist you? The connections you already have can help you get around your business expense, biggest expenses like a workspace. With a little creativity, you will always have more options than you think. For example, I sublet my office space from a, my tax consultant that only needs to use an office three weeks out of the year because he flies in from Wisconsin. And so I get $300 a year off my lease costs and I work from home the days he's here. Win-win for everyone. So it never hurts to ask. Treat your business as a business is number seven. What I mean by that 
is there's a difference between a hobby and a business. A business makes you money, a hobby costs you money. I know it sounds simple, but many people miss this reality of going into business for themselves. So if you want to turn your hobby into a business, you have to treat it like a business. That comes from recognizing and accepting the reality that in order for it to work, it has to make you money. So think about that as you're processing a lot of this information which takes us to things about money. So number eight, keep your accounts separate. Your business need to have, needs to have its own checking and savings account instead of co-mingling with your personal finances. That helps you keep your money separate, helps you stay on budget, but it also makes life much easier for you. It's also helpful for tax reasons as well because you'll be able to write off a lot of expense. And at some point you'll wanna pay expenses and yourself out of your business account, not your personal. Also, one credit card for your business is a good idea. I actually have two. I have an American Express and a MasterCard. But if you're starting out, get one because not everyone takes Amex, believe it or not. The fees are too high. I found that out about 10 years ago. It was weird. I was checking into, I think, a Marriott. And I think I was in Texas on a, on a business trip. And they're like, we don't take American Express. Luckily, I had my MasterCard with me. But typically, I only travel with one card. So I thought that was interesting. But it's always a good idea to have the universal either V Visa or MasterCard when you're starting out and if you, and get one with low interest that has at least a $5,000 limit and then you're golden. Just remember, no groceries, no personal expenses on that card. It's a business. Don't just say, oh, I'll just use this today and swipe it for going out to eat. Don't do that. Just really keep it for business expenses. Number nine, having a plan is a must. So begin with the end in mind. Many people slide into businesses instead of being intentional. And I use that word a lot. I'm very intentional about what I do with my business. When you don't have a plan, you can end up being overwhelmed and discouraged. You want to think through the details and the pricing of your business, which includes covering the basis of how you'll operate. So having a plan gives you focus and control and actually now gives you a little bit of fun with your business. The, and this is... It's something that I always keep in mind. Think of it this way. A goal without a plan is just a wish. I'm a big fan of task lists, outlines, and business plans. Even in the basic format, it doesn't have to be a form, a formal plan, but it needs to be a plan. Once you see it and follow it, it's kind of like a budget. You need to know how much you have before you know how much you can spend and what you can do. So try to see it, have it down in writing. And then the last one I have for today, do it scared. So many people have the dream in their heart to start something, but they stay stuck because they are scared. They aren't what they say ready. Entrepreneurs face real fears every day at every stage. I will not kid you on that. But the successful ones do it anyway. If you're waiting until you're ready to try, you'll never try it. Ready is a myth. So push past your fear, put in the work and it will be worth it. In the words of the Nike slogan, just do it. So until next week, everyone, be safe and make it a great week. And thanks for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website and blog at www.business-collective.com.